Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hi there. I'm Randa Fattah from ThruLine. If you're listening to this podcast, you know that KQED produces exceptional storytelling that keeps you informed, inspired, and entertained. Their podcasts cover issues from your neighborhood to the entire country and everything in between. Support this work today. You can help us continue to bring quality podcasts to your ears. Just head to donate.kqed.org podcast. That's donate.kqed.org podcast. From KQED. What's up, y'all? It's Erica Cruz Guevara coming at you with an opportunity to help us shape the show. We've got a listener survey going and we want to hear from you. What do you think of the show and what do you want to hear more of? It takes literally just eight minutes of your time. So if you're waiting on the BART platform or, I don't know, waiting for your food at your local joint, go to kqed.org slash the Bay survey and help us make our show even better. Thanks. Hi, I'm Alan Montecilio, in for Erica Cruz Guevara, and welcome to The Bay, local news to keep you rooted. Everyone knows California is due for the big one, and the 7.8 earthquake in Turkey and Syria is just a reminder of that very real threat looming over us. In, In fact, the same type of fault runs across most of our state. So that means it's never a bad time to make sure you're ready. That's why today we're going to play you this episode we made from a few years back about how to prepare for the next earthquake. Stay with us. Hi, I'm Sasha Koka, host of the California Report magazine. Every week, we bring you stories about what connects us in the giant, diverse, golden state. Because what happens in California changes the world. I love this place. We were once seen as, like, the place to be California. The land of milk and honey. That's where you go to Sunshine State. But we just have challenges right now. KQED's California Report magazine. New episodes drop every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, it's Avery Truffleman, host of Articles of Interest. And I've got to say, I've been a fan of KQED ever since I was a little kid and I would come out to San Francisco to visit my grandma. It was just what we'd always turn on every time we got in the car, every time we were making dinner and turning on the radio. It was always KQED. And then over the years, I've become a massive fan of KQED podcasts because this is local reporting at its best. These are answers to questions you've always wanted to know, interviews with exciting, unusual voices, necessary journalism, all told with love and care and artistry. And did you know that a majority of KQED's funding actually comes from members? It's just people like you and me supporting the programs they love while also getting access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. If you want to sign up and be a part of this amazing community, visit donate.kqed.org podcasts to become a member today. That's podcasts with an S. Thank you for listening, and thank you for your support. Erica Cruz Guevara talked with former KQED science reporter Peter Arcuni about what it was like to actually get ready for the big one. 
This episode originally ran in October of 2019. So this week was the 30th anniversary of the Loma Prieta earthquake, which struck the Bay Area in 1989. Peter Arcuni is a reporter for KQED Science. We were sitting around over at KQED Science because earthquakes are something we cover, and we were thinking about, you know, what we wanted to do. And so we're thinking about let's, you know, let's try to help people get prepared. And what would be a good way to do that? And uh, what we came up with is, well, why don't we just try it? The whole process of getting prepared can be really intimidating. What I decided to do was spend an hour a day doing earthquake prep. I thought at best that's probably the amount of time somebody could carve out given their their regular life. Peter put together some stories for KQED's Morning Edition documenting his journey preparing for a big earthquake. He set aside one hour of dedicated prep time a day for four days. So the first thing I did day one is I opened up my laptop, went to Google, typed earthquake prep, and just started clicking on links. And five minutes later, I was just frazzled and overwhelmed, shut my laptop, (laughs) took a couple deep breaths, and I said, I have to get somebody on the phone. So I called up... um, so I called up Cal OES, which is the Governor's Office of Emergency Services. That's the agency that helps with emergency planning in California. And I just needed to talk to somebody. Whether it's an earthquake, a flood, a fire, you know, the number one thing people need to do is, is have a plan. That's Brian Ferguson with California's Office of Emergency Services. He told me spending even a little time talking through a disaster scenario with the people under your roof can make a big difference. I think it's a great dinner table conversation that all families should have of if there's an emergency, here's what we would do. You know, we would meet you at this place. We would go this way. So tonight, I'm going to sit down with my wife and our four-year-old daughter, Izzy, to make sure we have a plan. So, Izzy, do you know what an earthquake is? It's when the ground shakes and you have to go out um, of your house or hide under the table. Hide under the table? That's a really good idea. Oh my gosh, you know more than I do. All right. Is she down? After the little one's in bed, my wife Maureen and I retire to the couch and get to work. I open my laptop. She's got her spiral notebook. Earthquake plan. Using a checklist we found on the U.S. Geological Survey's website, we reviewed our escape routes, made a list of emergency contacts. Your mom. I think my mom. Yeah. And after a bit of deliberation, picked out a local meetup spot. Okay, so we're going to change it. It's going to be number one. Noe Valley Town Square. Yeah. All right. Final answer? I think the final answer. Final answer? Final answer. Well, hun, thank you for helping us get ready. Yeah, this wasn't bad. This didn't take as much time as I thought it would. Yep. 56 minutes. Well, one of the things I wanted to do was see how much fun I could have doing it. It sounds a little weird when thinking about disaster, but, you know, it doesn't have to be a drag. So involving my family and my friends in the process made it more productive and more fun. Day two was all about shopping. So I printed out a supply list from the American Red Cross and I just went through and tried to knock out all the supplies. Last night, my wife and I rummaged through our hallway closet in search of stuff we'd need in an emergency. We did find an AM FM radio to hear emergency alerts. A hand crank powers the batteries. Our first aid supplies were running low. 
So to build a proper survival kit, I'd need to do some shopping. Using a checklist from the American Red Cross, we ran down the essential items we were missing. Non-perishable food, water, cash, first aid, and pharmacy items. First stop, the grocery store. Getting a cart here. And here I am, water. Seven, eight, and nine. And that is what nine gallons of water looks like. And they're under a dollar each, so not bad. And now we're gonna go for some canned goods. And you know what, I'm thinking refried beans. The cool thing about these is they have the top, a little tab that you can just pop open so you don't need a can opener. Online to check out. That took just about 20 minutes. Then, off to the bank. Okay, I'm getting cash. Because if the power goes out, so do the ATMs. Preparedness experts recommend getting small bills so you won't need change. I did 40 and 10s, 40 and 5s, 18 ones, and one $2 bill for good luck. After a quick run to the pharmacy, it was time to load up the car and see how I did. I don't want to be overconfident here, but I'm actually feeling pretty good. In one fast and furious hour, I knocked out most of my list. I still need some local maps and a cell phone charging pack. I'll see if I can track those down tomorrow when I put together my kit. And if running errands just isn't your thing, you can buy ready-made survival kits online from the American Red Cross and Amazon. I'm really curious because as you were kind of going through all of this, uh, there was a 4.5 magnitude earthquake that hit on Monday evening. Right, right. What was going through your head when that happened? I'll tell you exactly what was going through my head. I was writing the blog post. <laughs> oh my God. For the next day, on my couch, shaking. I had all my supplies, but I hadn't put them anywhere. So I, I decided to put together the kits. Lately, I've spent a lot of time sifting through closets. Today's goal, finding a bag to hold my earthquake supplies. I think I got it. Okay, let me grab these things. The U.S. Geological Survey's Earthquake Handbook recommends everyone keep a personal survival kit in an easy-to-grab bag, like a backpack, in an easy-to-reach spot. Along with that to-go bag, you can keep a larger household emergency kit in a watertight plastic container to use if you're trapped at home. I'm back from my expedition to the closet, and we found this green plastic bin and pretty good-sized backpack. After packing the kits and stashing them around the house, I turned my attention to something I hadn't thought about. Say a big earthquake hits at 2 in the morning. Suddenly, there's no lights and stuff like broken glass all over the floor. Then what? Cynthia Shaw from Red Cross Northern California offers this solution. Keep a sturdy pair of shoes um, and a flashlight under your bed or next to your bed in case an earthquake hits at night. That'll ensure you can get up, safely check on loved ones, grab your supplies, and go if you have to. Better yet, put those shoes and a flashlight in a bag and tie it down right near where you sleep. Yep, so about an arm's length. Reach under there, grab that, tear it open. I've got shoes, I've got a flashlight, I'm ready to go. Survival prep matters at home, at work, or in the car. It's a good idea to keep emergency kits in all these places. 
Day four was all about home improvement, so securing my home and making it more earthquake safe. I'm gonna walk through my house right now and try to identify a few problem spots. Hear that? That's a glass picture frame from a pretty big print. Uh, this hangs right over our couch and we love it, but it's gonna have to go. Something else to look for? Bookshelves cluttered with would-be projectiles. Ours is pretty crowded. It's got picture frames, a couple of vintage cameras, lots of books. Then a quick trip to Glen Park Hardware, where employee Madison Hatfield showed me a few things that could help make my home more earthquake safe. So this is a museum wax. It's for professionally anchoring artifacts, collectibles, glass, and you put it underneath items to prevent them from falling. So these are furniture safety straps. Do you get a lot of people in here asking about this kind of stuff? No, actually. Until now, guilty as charged. I went with the museum wax and a heavy-duty frame hanger. Thanks so much for your help. Yeah, have a good one, guys. At home, I moved that big print away from the couch. This off the wall. Oh, yeah, this is heavy. Okay. We got this rehung. Looks like it's a safer spot, and uh, hopefully Maureen approves. And that is it for my four hours of earthquake prep. So I want to I want to be clear. There were things I didn't do. You know, there were things I did not bolt my furniture to my wall. Everybody's plan is going to be different, so you really have to hone in on your own circumstances, whether it's your family or where you live. Um, and really customize your survival plan and your survival needs to your own life. The take-home I just kept you know, coming back to was that anything you do is going to help, and that's the goal of this. Hmm. You, know, you can't do everything in four hours, but you can do a lot. You can do a whole lot. And do you feel more prepared? Oh, yeah. I feel so much more prepared. Um, I, feel, I feel so much more prepared. I feel so much more educated. Uh, and also a little bit humbled. So, you know, like there's more to be done. That was former KQED science reporter Peter Arcuni speaking with Erica Cruz Guevara. This episode first ran in October of 2019, but it's still as relevant as ever. You can still read this story at kqed.org slash science. We'll also leave a link in our show notes. This episode was originally produced by Erica Cruz Guevara, Kiana Mogadam, Julie Kane, and Erica Aguilar. The Bay is a production of KQED Public Radio in San Francisco. I'm Alan Montecilio. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you Wednesday. Do you love learning about the San Francisco Bay Area? It's history, it's people, it's unique blend of cultures? Then you should check out the Bay Curious book. I'm Katrina Schwartz, editor and producer on the Bay Curious podcast, and I'm here to let you know that for the month of May, we've worked out a sweet deal for KQED podcast listeners. Right now, you can get the Bay Curious ebook for $1.99. That's right, $1.99. Just search for Bay Curious wherever you get your ebooks or find a link in our show notes. This offer does expire at the end of the month, though, so you'll want to act on it fast. Happy reading!
Hey there, this is Brittany Luce from NPR's It's Been a Minute. KQED's podcasts like The Bay, Bay Curious, Mind Shift, Right Nowish, and more all tell the stories of the Bay and beyond with reliable human-centered journalism. They aim to inspire, make you think, entertain, and expand your understanding of the place you call home. Here's how you can support podcasting at KQED. Showing your support is easy, and you can join Brittany in supporting KQED Podcast too at donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. 